Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. If you're looking for a scalable model, you need to figure out bringing leads in the door. And so you got to master your lead generation lever is what I call it. Best ever listeners, wouldn't it be nice to have a $2 million pre-approval line of credit? Ah, just think about that. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't that be nice? How would that help you get more deals done? Because when you submit a pre-approval line of credit with your offer on a fix and flip house, do you think it's going to stand out more? I think so. And our friends at Fun That Flip, you know Fun That Flip, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show before many times. He's a friend of mine. He's also the owner of Fun That Flip and their sponsor of today's episode. What they're doing is they're giving a $2 million pre-approval line of credit up to $2 million pre-approval line of credit for qualified buyers. And my gosh, in this competitive buying market, sellers prefer to sell to buyers who have a high likelihood of closing, right? Makes sense. Well, use this pre-approval line of credit from Fund That Flip, and that will signal to the seller that you're the real deal and you'll be able to close quickly. It's free. All you got to do is go to fundthatflip.com. You've got to qualify that you have prior experience and there's a process, but it's free and you need to go to fundthatflip.com to get the pre-approval line of credit because this is a way that's going to help your short-term rehab loan happen because you're going to get the deal for the property where you need the short-term rehab loan. Go to fundthatflip.com and get that pre-approval line of credit for up to $2 million. Best ever listeners, hello, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out all the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. If this is the first time you're listening, well then welcome, my friend. And if you're a returning best ever listener, then, well, welcome to you too. <laughs> With us today, we've got an experienced both fix and flipper as well as an entrepreneur in the industry and a fellow podcaster too, which is pretty cool. How you doing? Matt Aitchison. What's up, Joe? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, nice to have you on, my friend, and looking forward to diving in a little bit about Matt. He is the CEO and president at Vault Investment Properties. He founded and has participated in five businesses within real estate, construction, and personal growth industries. 
He's flipped over 100 properties, so he's got the flipping experience, and he's also the host of Millionaire Mindset Podcast. You can look that up via the show notes link, and then he's in, based in Sacramento, California. With that being said, Matt, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. Um, I'll back up a little bit just because this is part of my story, and I'll, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, but... Um, I came from a lower middle class family in uh, the Sacramento area. Both hardworking parents always told me I could accomplish anything that I wanted to. And I ended up kind of getting caught up with the wrong crowd, making some poor decisions, actually got expelled from my senior year of high school. And uh, getting through that process was a challenge, but also a great wake-up call for me. And then I ended up making almost the exact same mistake that got me expelled from high school my first year of college and was facing felony charges, facing potential jail time. And it was that moment in time where... What would you do? Basically, I was getting in physical altercations. So my ego was and my surrounding and some of the people I was hanging with was putting me in situations that I shouldn't have been in, and I was making poor decisions with how I was acting out, basically. And I remember sitting in jail, and I was looking at all the people around me, the environment I was in, and it came back to all the choices that I had made to lead me exactly to that moment. And you get that one famous call, right, where you get to call somebody, beg them to bail you out or save the day. And for me, that was my dad. And uh, I remember my dad saying, hey, you know, you're not a bad person. This isn't the person that you've always told me you wanted to be. And yet your video isn't matching your audio. So just remember that the rearview mirror is a lot smaller than the windshield because if all you did was focus on that rearview mirror, you would lose sight and crash and forget about the vision of where you're moving towards. So it's there to remind you of what's behind you and what's brought you to this point, but it's not everything you need to focus on and it doesn't define what your future can look like. And so from that day forward, I basically committed hardcore to bettering myself, bettering the people around me, having a positive attitude, um, working on some of the areas that I kind of just swept under the rug that were getting me into trouble. And a big one was my peer group. Another one was self-education. And uh, the third one was real estate. And real estate kind of became this crazy passion of mine where I saw it as a vehicle for, one, achieving financial freedom. Two, there was no ceiling of achievement on it. It was something that had major benefits from a financial standpoint and from a community standpoint, and from a connection standpoint. And so I really loved real estate, and I was 22 when I graduated from UC Santa Barbara, and I immediately got my real estate license and started building a, a traditional real estate company, and then I started my investing company at the same time as kind of a little side passion, and my very first deal, I wish I could find more of these, was I woke up at 4 a.m. one morning, threw up a bunch of bandit signs in a rougher area, and I ended up getting a call the next day, and that property ended up netting me over $100,000 on my first flip. So I was like, man, this whole flipping game is pretty sweet. <laughs> uh, and then I realized that that was uh, kind of an anomaly, but at the same time, by getting out there, doing some of the things that I knew I needed to do in order to kind of take those next steps in the business, I did eight flips my first year. The most I've done in a year was 37. This year I'm 
aiming for 50, but I'm looking like I'm going to fall a little bit short on that. But that's kind of what my real estate business looks like. And then I partnered in a construction company as well. So basically uh, building up kind of a Warren Buffett model where all of these different businesses feed one another and they work within this ecosystem together. And there's this crossover. There's this synergy between the different companies where I can generate revenue from multiple streams of income and opportunity. And that's kind of the model I went with. And that's the model I'm continuing to kind of elevate and improve. I want to talk about generating revenue from multiple streams, but I have a couple follow-up questions based on what you said. You said when you were 22, you graduated from UC Santa Barbara. What age were you when you were in jail? 20 years old. 20. Yeah. So from 20 to 22, you were in college. Did you do anything in particular? I mean, you told us peer group, self-education, real estate, but um, what specifically did you do from age 20 to 22 that you were starting your own business right out of school and you weren't you know getting in fights yeah yeah so first and foremost I wasn't an alcoholic but I was recreationally drinking past my limits right <laughs> so I that's called binge drinking right yeah so I decided to uh, eliminate hard alcohol and that was a big thing health became a really big part of my life and fitness and outdoor activities and and that kind of stuff was was a big part of it but also going to conferences and networking and connecting with other people and I've always said I'm a big fan of modeling that's why I started the millionaire mindcast was to kind of do my own think and grow rich napoleon hill style modeling after other people who have had great success so it was never the fastest or strongest or smartest but I'm really good at modeling other people that are way better than me in those areas so I started finding mentors in the areas that um, I had tangible access in. And then I also started studying the people that I wanted to kind of create uh, a business model similar to. And that led me to going to different conferences and reaching out to people through social media platforms, trying to offer value to them in any way I could for free, basically. I knew that was kind of the price of an education. And so those were some of the real tangible things that I started getting involved in in order to at least get more exposure and kind of shorten that proximity to the areas that I knew would benefit me with the direction I was going in. On the first flip, you netted $100,000. What do you average on your profits now that you've done almost 100? What do you average on your flips? So most of mine are anywhere from 20 to 30 per flip. Based on my price point, price points are on average about 250000 in Sacramento or surrounding region. And that first flip, really, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. And it was a very distressed situation. And those usually are the ones where you get the deepest discounts on where you're not stealing from that person or, or not operating with integrity or ethics because there's a very fine line, in my opinion, in the investing world where a lot of people take advantage of others in their situation to make money, and it's not necessarily a true win-win. And for this particular situation, the guy called me up. He was in town for a week. His mother was a hoarder. We found, I think it was, there was over 100 cats in the house. We found a little over a dozen dead cats underneath trash and things that she didn't know was there because there was so much stuff in there. But she was sick, and he wanted to move her out of state, get her closer to home. And he was basically beyond his 
wits end of trying to deal with this property, he actually threw the number out at me. And he said, if you can give me this, I will sell it to you. And if you can close in seven days, it's yours. How much was it? The property was probably worth in its current condition about 140000 I would say. He told me he'll sell it to me for 75000 cash. And if I can close in seven days and help them get a moving truck, that it was all mine. So at that time, I was fresh into the real estate industry, not really knowing how great of a deal it was. I ran a few comps and was like, okay, this seems pretty good. And then I ended up putting about 25000 into it, and I sold it for over two hundred k. All right. I've got to ask. I mean, this is going into the deep end right out of the gate. Let's do it. Yeah. You had never flipped a property. You're 22 years old. There are 100 cats with 12 of them dead in this house, not to mention feces and all sorts of other stuff because I've been in a property similar to this. Who is working with you to say, hey, you know what, Matt? This is the perfect opportunity. This is something that can make you money because most people would look at this and be like, too much to bite off for my first deal. Yeah, you know, for me, I've kind of always been one of those people where I say yes and figure it out later. So I knew I had a good deal in my hands. I knew that part. I didn't know how great of a deal I had in my hands, but I knew I had a good deal. And I also was fortunate enough, I'm a big believer in surrounding yourself with a board of directors or a virtual council that will basically guide you in the right direction and ensure that they're kind of your safety nets, right? When you're climbing up a mountain, you're not just going to climb up without having a harness and a line, right? And you might have, you know, four or five catch lines along that path. So I ran it by a couple different people in my council that one understood numbers, two understood the real estate industry, and three understood construction. And they basically all told me the exact same thing. You got a good one on the line, take this down. And the next step for me being $20,000 in debt at 22 years old was to figure out how I was going to pay for it. So I ended up joint venturing on a small piece of the profits with another person who had flipped a good chunk of homes. What that joint venture structure look like? 20% they were going to help me land the hard money and basically project manage the entire deal for me. Ah, okay. Smart. They got 20% of the profits? That's correct. Okay, cool. And they introduced you to the hard money lender and they oversaw the whole process. Exactly. Yeah, so they had they'd done uh, well over 100 flips you know, over their 20 years and helped me through that vetting of the contractor, vetting of the capital partner, and really running me through all of these new areas of real estate that I just hadn't been in yet. Did they use their team members for the general contractors or the contractors? Or did they, did they say, hey, go talk to these people, but they hadn't worked with them before? They kind of put me in touch with a few different people. And for me personally, one of my skills, I would say, or one of my superpowers is connecting and vetting people. And I wanted to kind of take some ownership in that process. So I went through the interview process with the different contractors and ended up landing on one guy who had a decent track record, was fair in pricing, and he was also 
one year older than me. So he was a younger guy who was hungry. And I looked at him as an opportunity to say, hey, let's look at this as a potential alliance because I'm planning on doing a lot more flips moving forward. And I know you're looking to grow your business moving forward. So let's make this a win-win. Work with me on the pricing. Let's dial in a good system and let me try and provide some consistent volume for you moving forward and make this a beneficial relationship for the both of us moving forward. Now let's switch gears to generating revenue from multiple streams. What are all the different ways that you currently get paid every month? I get paid from traditional real estate commissions on any of the flips that I bring into my company or any of the revenue that's generated from traditional retail listings or retail buyers. So I get a passive income stream from that. My main vertical income stream is working in the flip business and growing that company, but it's for the most part pretty leveraged and I get an income from my flip profits. I get income from all of my rental properties and then I get an income from the construction company dividends that I'm paid out on in the partnership. Okay, so construction company dividends, the money on the actual flips, the profit from the flips, the real estate commissions. Did I miss one? And then my rental portfolio. Uh, rental portfolio. Do you have advertising sponsors on your podcast? Not yet. I'm still learning the whole. I'm sure you experienced this a little bit coming from the real estate world and, and your background and then shifting into this online space with uh, all the different X's and O's of that playbook. Still learning that landscape, but it's been fun and I'm getting close to landing a few. So I might have to pick your brain on that. Yeah, separate from this call, I'd love to do what I can to help you out and monetize that. All right, so four different ways, traditional real estate commissions, working on flips, construction, company, and your rental portfolio. What do you have in your portfolio right now? With my rentals? Yeah. 11 doors, which is about seven properties, and looking to step more into the multifamily space, stuff that people like you were doing, a lot of my mentors, part of my networking platform is I'm in a group called GoBundance and I joined GoBundance uh, about three years ago and it's a millionaire mastermind group and I was the youngest guy by far when the group first started and looking around the room, a lot of these guys with 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 million dollars net worth, uh, over 80% of them had their net worth in multifamily buildings and I was thinking, okay, well if we're modeling after <laughs> uh, other people who have great success, there's got to be some merit to this strategy. So that's kind of where I'm shifting more into really focusing on this passive play and doing it in a, a vehicle that you know hedges risk, has major benefits to it, and I'm sure you will back up this statement that you know multifamily is one of the best vehicles out there to do that in. I'm a fan of it as well, that's for sure. <laughs> and as far as GoBundance goes. David Osborne and Pat Hyben have both been on the show, and best ever listeners, highly recommend listening to each of their episodes. Just tremendous stuff. Pat will hit you with his business model and all the ways he's making money, how much he makes every month. And David is just an incredibly accomplished entrepreneur within Keller Williams and has just just great insightful things to say and I'm not you know speaking hyperbole here that it's those are really two really good interviews so just brilliant guys just, yeah search in uh, on my website Pat Hyben H I B A N and David Osborne 
O-S-B-O-R-N, and listen to their interviews. All right, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate investing advice ever, in my opinion, would be if you're looking for a scalable model, you need to figure out bringing leads in the door. And so you got to master your lead generation lever is what I call it. For me specifically, I know based on the data that X amount of leads brings me X amount of closings, which equal X amount of revenue. And I can break that down and figure out based on what we're doing, how I can basically map and lay that template over another market or another area that meets the same criteria demographics. But without those leads consistently coming every month, you don't really have a true business model. You're just kind of onesie twosie here and there. You're not truly intentionally building a real estate business around strategy. So understanding what your lead generation lever is, whether that's uh, attorney relationships or, or direct mail or online pay-per-click or bird dogs and wholesalers, whatever it may be, knowing those numbers, understanding when you can turn that lever up and down and how you can allow it to scale is, in my opinion, what will truly create opportunity for any investor moving forward in any market around the country. And in any business, if it's real estate or you're selling soda water, that's what you need to know. I love that. Do you have a spreadsheet that you use? How do you track it? This is uh, one of the things where I'd love to say that I had this amazing dialed-in system, and my CEO and I were working very consistently on this moving forward. We do track. We have a, a kind of a leaderboard in the office that we track. So that's how many mailers are sent out to calls, to appointments set, to appointments gone on, to offers made, offers accepted, contracts closed, revenue, and then we back end in, you know, what our cost per lead is and what those analytics look like. So we do track that, but really trying to get a little bit better at getting more detailed in the KPIs, the performance indicators, and then how we can, like I said, turn that lever up or turn it down. But it's all tracked in Excel, nothing crazy. Ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right, first a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, if you're looking to take control of your retirement and you have a 401k or IRA, then check out Sense Financial. It's S-E-N-S-E financial.com. They offer you the chance to take control of your retirement accounts through the self-directed 401k and IRA programs. You can request your free consultation at sensefinancial.com. Best ever book you've read? Best ever book that I've read for me has been Think and Grow Rich. I've read that book so many times and I'm such a big fan of masterminding and getting multiple opinions and you know brilliant uh, brains in the same room and seeing how that can elevate one idea to the next. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? Best ever personal growth experience for me has been with with the One Life Fully Lived community. I sit on the board there. A great friend and mentor of mine, Tim Rode, is the founder of the One Life Fully Lived community. And seeing my experience has been, it's kind of like the barrel monkeys. Everybody is a guru and has something to give in some way, shape, or form. And whether you're standing up on stage or you're sitting in the seat, I've learned from this community that by openly sharing and being authentic and honest with yourself and where you're at, we all have something to give if we are. It's up to us to go out and find out what we can give and what we can get from others. Best ever deal you've done? 
best ever deal I've done has uh, probably been a deal that I landed in San Jose right when the market was blowing up, which it still is. And I didn't touch the property for three months and it appreciated 65000 just in three months without even doing anything to it. I think I put like 40 into it and I netted close to a little over 200 You mean you bought it for 40 no, I bought it for 500 and ended up selling it for a little over 900 When you said you didn't put any into it, but then you said you put 40 into it, so you put 40 into it or you didn't put any into no, it? No, I put 40 into it. I'm saying I didn't touch the construction for three months, and by just letting it sit there, it oh. appreciated 65000 without me even putting anything into it yet. Oh, okay. And then you put 40 and then you you sold it for how much? Over 900 It ended up going almost, that was like 90000 over asking. That's awesome. That One of the perks for being in a market on one of the coasts, I, I would imagine. Yep. That was definitely a, a West Coast market right there. Best ever way you like to give back? Sitting on charity boards is a big thing. Obviously, being strategic with how much time and where I'm going to spend that energy and focus on is a big part of giving back. But sitting in charity boards and also I like to schedule at least two to three calls a week, 10 to 15 minutes with people that are looking for advice in real estate investing. On that deal where you netted about what, $350,000 roughly? Yeah, I had a I had a, a partner in that one. So it was for me uh, on paper, it was a little over two twenty five. Okay. How'd you find that one? It was through one of my direct mailers. What's one tip that comes to mind on being effective at direct mail? You got to have a system, man. I've always been the one going for the shotgun approach, shooting and buckshot, see what sticks. But in order to really, truly dial in a scalable model, like I was mentioning before, you got to keep score, right? Professionals keep score, amateurs don't. So having a detailed system whether it's a four-touch system staggered over the four quarters, whatever that may be, you got to find out what works for you. Pick a specific niche list, and by tracking your numbers, you can figure out what lists are getting your greatest return. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? Due diligence. Due diligence. I'm dealing with a property right now where we thought it was just a normal rehab. It was a vacant house for over a decade, and it has been a big thorn in the city that we're operating within in, in this context. And the city has had it out for this property. And so what seemed to us to be a normal rehab, they are making us jump through so many hoops from an engineering and design standpoint to bring it up to code and all these different standards that we've never had to do working within the city before. And for some reason, after going through this process, we've learned a lot of things that I will never overlook moving forward. So just making sure that you do diligence and don't get comfortable within the routine of house flipping because every deal is unique and every opportunity is different and don't overlook what may seem like a normal deal just because you're comfortable and you think you've seen it before. Run through your due diligence carefully on each and every deal. What's one thing that you won't overlook that you overlooked on this one? Anything that has to do with a non-conforming building. For me, it looked like a normal house. To them, it's considered a non-conforming building, which once it becomes a non-conforming building, falls into a whole different arena. So uh, non-conforming buildings in specific cities can cause people some problems, and that is one thing that I will always look for on any flip in any city. 
What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Best place is uh, reaching me on facebook.com backslash Mattie A, or you can always reach me on my Instagram profile. Instagram is Mattie Aitchison, my last name, full name, last name. Cool. Got it. And it's uh, facebook.com forward slash M-A-T-T-Y. A-I-T-C-H-I-S-O-N. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your advice and your story with the best ever listeners and how you had some rough beginnings. It sounds like some of it was self-inflicted. Oh, yeah. Rough beginnings. And then you know, turned your life around, turned your focus and your peer group into something that empowers you. And then for the 100K net profit on your first deal, love how you partnered with someone to get into it. Give them 20% of the upside in exchange for overseeing the project and doing some introductions from a hard money lender standpoint and well as some other team members and how you've built multiple revenue streams and how you're tracking the progress. As you say, you got to master your lead generation lever. You got to know what is the data, what are the leads from that, what are you closing from those leads, and what's the revenue as a result of those three, and then know how to scale it out. And thanks for sharing your tremendous deal, the one on the coast where you bought it for 500 sat on it for three months, put in 40 and sold it for three nine hundred, and you netted two twenty five personally. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Joe. Best ever listeners, if you're looking to take control of your retirement and you have a four hundred one k or IRA, then check out Sense Financial. It's s e n s e financial dot com. They offer you the chance to take control of your retirement accounts through the self directed four hundred one k and IRA programs. You can request your free consultation at sensefinancial.com.